This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Got it in two. Got it in two. How are you, Hammond? I'm good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. you. How was your holiday? It was good. This is my first break away from the family. Oh, nice. Wait, are they not here? They're not here. Oh, I could have rang the doorbell like an adult. I I know. I always politely knock softly. But it was good. Yeah, good. Mine was uh, my uh, my dad told me I laughed too loud. My mom said I swore too much. So it was like a YouTube comment section for <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> it's good to know everyone's on the same page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Survey says. Anyway, so what, it's Friday night? What day is it? It's Friday the 24th? night. I know. It's unusual for us to do this. On a yeah. Friday it's night. It's been a long time since we did a night. I think really we since have you've expensive, had like. expensive, expensive wine tonight. Yeah, it w- it's um, Gato Negro. So black cat, and it has a screw top, so I can bring it home with me when nice. I'm done. It was four ninety nine at the jewels. I like it. <laughs> okay. All right. So I got a story for you that cracked me up because it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my. Oh, this wine is not very good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tastes like wine. It's all good. So there is a <laughs> island off the coast of Scotland, like the western coast of Scotland. Small island, not a ton of people there. What's it called? But uh, it's called the Isle of Lewis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been to the Isle of Skye, and it's beautiful. Nice. I've heard when I was looking this up, I'm like, I don't know anything about the Isle of oh, Lewis. Scotland's but everything, gorgeous. yeah, everything about this place says this island is great. Mm-hmm. People are very nice. Mm-hmm. That island in particular seems to have a lot of religious people on it. Okay. But hey, join the rest of the world. Right. It's good, don't they all? <laughs> but okay, so this woman named Leona Rawlinson opened up a store there. Uh, I think back this past summer. Okay. She bought a Scott, uh, a store. It's called Tweed-tastic. I like <laughs> a clothing store. Into it. Yeah, right? Cool. So it's fine. So she opens up her shop. She's uh-huh. doing business. She has to deal with all the ups and downs of any small business owner. Uh-huh. And so uh, earlier, I think this month, uh, something like that, she got a package in the mail, and it was a Bible and a letter that uh-huh. came with it. And it was from a guy who works with what's called the Day One or Lord's Day Observance Society. And basically what his letter said, I'm going to read you the beginning of it. He says, the purpose of our letter is certainly not to intimidate you. Oh, which that's, that's, why, it's, that's why it's letters. rubber banded onto a brick and coming through your window. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And basically what his letter was saying is it was trying to urge her to close her store on a Sunday. Because she keeps it open on Sundays because there are some people who like to shop on Sundays. Because business. it's a business. Because <laughs> capitalism. And they didn't like it. Now, the correct answer would be, well, then don't shop there. Sure. No one's making you go there on a Sunday. Uh, well, you haven't told me their shop policies. She could be, like, <laughs> physically dragging people in off the she street. She is doing no such thing. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, his letter was I basically corrected. saying, we are concerned for the spiritual and eternal as well as temporal consequences Uh-oh. of such actions of Sunday opening and do not believe that lasting blessing or profit will follow, which could mean a couple things. One is, that's a weird it's a little low threat. Key threat. Yeah. And the other is like, oh, we don't believe profit will follow. Like, we're going to boycott your store if you keep it open sure. on Sunday. It's a little weird. And she, Our, the, the guy said one more thing, which is that, you know, they're extremely disappointed that such an interesting shop is Disappointed is the most condescending Sundays. thing to say to somebody. Yeah. And because of this, he knows some people who are refusing to give their patronage. He's is like, it him? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who he represents. I, I don't know, know if he's people. Like Bill Donahue of the people Catholic are telling League, me. where it's just one guy in his basement pretending sure. to represent or everybody. The, the million moms. <laughs> yeah, the There's million like moms with like 12 <laughs> followers on Twitter. No, I don't know how many people this guy represents. I'm, but here's the thing. It's not just one letter because other Christians really? are like stirring up shit. And here's what's happened. Like at one point... A guy came into his shop during business hours on a Sunday to distribute leaflets. I think, assuming, like, you're all going to hell, sort of leaflets. Oh, that's nice. She was intimidated enough by it, Miss Rawlinson, that she reported it to the police. Good for her. Um, another incident. Lady comes into the shop on Sunday, starts shouting. I Just don't know what. That's all the newspaper said. But, like, she started shouting, causing a stir in the Jeez store. Jeez Louise. Like, so it's like these people are trying to harass this poor woman who's just trying to run what a, a business, business. for I'm, being open on Sundays. I'm really interested, and I'm sure you don't have many more details, but, like, 
is this the only store on the island? And like, therefore, it's held to some high standard. Like, I can't imagine. It's yeah, just like. It's not the only store, but most of the places that are open, as far as I could tell, uh-huh. in that area are closed on Sunday. She happens to be open. And again, just thinking strategically here, if no one was shopping there, that would be a stupid thing to do. Right. Because you have to pay her to be there and pay for the like electricity, whatever. You know so all like, about running a business. Clearly. <laughs> so it's like she's opening it for a reason, which is that people are using her store on Sunday and they're buying stuff. And but probably Hammett, different clientele than the rest of the week. But Hammett, Christians are the most, most persecuted people in the world. We'll get to Roy Moore soon. Yeah. <laughs> But, Christ. But it's just absurd. Like, okay, all these people are really pissed off that she's open on Sundays. Uh-huh. But here's the neat thing. Yeah. Ever since she got this letter from the guy with the who sent the Bible, they took a picture of it, the Bible. They took a picture of her, like, holding it up like a trophy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not going to intimidate me into closing right. uh, on Sunday, much less any other time. So they posted this picture of her holding, like, the Bible as a trophy Uh on a Facebook page for the Western Isles Secular Society. And that got spread (laughs) to a couple of other places, um, some other Facebook pages and whatnot. And after that, like, some local media paid attention and larger media paid attention. Really? So they started getting a lot of newspaper stories about this poor, awesome business owner who's just trying to sell you stuff on Sundays. And it's Tweed. Tweed never hurt anyone. (laughs) And people are so upset about it. And I think by just showing that picture of her holding the Bible and talking about how ridiculous it is right. that all these people are trying to harass her into closing, it's given them some great publicity. Yeah, I hope so. What was and it called so again? It's called Tweed-tastic, Tweed-tastic on the Isle of Lewis off of Scotland. All right, if you're so, Scottish and you're in the area, seriously, go get up there, there and buy stuff also, and buy it on Sunday. can we go to Scotland? Sure, I'll put it on the tour map. I hope somebody's. Yeah, I hope somebody has a map in their their like garage with like pinpoints of just the random places. I'm like, let's go to Austin, Austin and Scotland, the world tour. <laughs> just those two stops. That's it. I think I said New Zealand. So, yeah, go her. That's go shop there. They a bonkers. Uh, okay, and while we're not in the U.S., here's one more story that has to do with not the U.S. Uh, there is, you know, whenever we talk about the Johnson Amendment, that's the one yeah. that says. If you're a pastor, you can't tax tell exempt. people how to vote in your oh, congregation oh, oh, yes. and still keep your tax exemption. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. For all the arguments we have about the Johnston, Johnson Amendment, literally one church, as far as I can tell in the past like decade, mm-hmm. maybe more, has lost their tax exempt status. And they were doing something so outlandishly Well, because they're illegal. goading the IRS all the time. Some like people they're are goading them. them. They're sending the videos of them promoting candidates, and the IRS hasn't done anything. But so, like, one church has lost its tax exempt status, and it was such a fluke like that no one's gone that yeah. far. So, everyone else, like, they're poking the IRS, and the IRS isn't doing anything. Sure. Okay, so yeah. that's the situation in the US. In New Zealand, there is a megachurch called Destiny Church, run by a husband and wife. It's a megachurch, mm-hmm. like so many are. And they just lost I their tax exempt status. Sidebar, I didn't yeah. realize megachurches were a phenomenon outside of... Oh, yeah. Really? They're not as, as far as I can tell, they're not as widespread as you might find in the U.S. Like, we have one in every big city. Yeah. At least one, if not several in some areas. Uh, In other places, because religion in general isn't as big of a deal. It's more ceremonial. Uh You go on the high holy days and not that much else. So you don't see a ton of megachurches. Sure. But, like, every big city has one place. Interesting. Okay. So... Anyway, New Zealand has this couple uh, that runs a megachurch. They just lost their tax-exempt status. Their names are Brian and Hannah Tamaki. Destiny. Uh, Tamaki, T-A-M-A-K-I. They run this place. They lost it. I'm going to tell you why in a second, but let me give you some background, because I've written about these people before. Okay. Here's the deal with their church, which is, I should reiterate, a charity in all technical. Yeah. You know, it's a nonprofit. Uh, They bought... A luxury car worth 100000 New Zealand dollars. That's like 78000 bucks. our money. Jeez. Using church money, by the way. Like, this is part of what they how? did. Just how? Just how and how? Uh, why do people give them money in the church? I don't know. They once, they have pictures of this. They just spread cash all over the church floor. No. Like it's a wedding of sorts. And they're just throwing the dollar bills on the 
Uh, it's an Indian wedding thing. But actually, a, it might be a Greek thing too, or or yes. or a rich people thing. <laughs> so they just did it on the floor for reasons I still haven't quite figured out. But like, they're just flaunting. Are the they cash. giving the money to their pay, not patrons? I don't think they were giving it to their uh, congregation. Yeah. Um, the wife owns a ninety thousand dollar engagement ring. Nice. They once broadcast their extravagant vacation on social media, and while all this wow, is they going have no on, chill, huh? None. While all this was going on, they were getting hit with overdue tax filing letters like, hey, file your taxes, people. Mm -hmm. They just weren't doing it. Oh, and by the way, the Brian Tamaki, he blamed natural disasters on gay people because that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely not that you're an island in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) It turns out. I'm sorry. They never turned in their tax filings. Really? And the New Zealand Charities Registration Board, they don't mess around with this stuff. They're like, hey, you didn't send it in, Uh so we're revoking your charitable status. Wow, it's not even like an audit? Not even. Where They're just like, we asked for it. I mean, they did send multiple letters. Sure. And they're like, you didn't do it, so buy tax exemption. Is, wow, wow. Yeah. So, okay, I'm just trying to, like, play this out. So is is this from now on, or is this, like... it begins, uh, they will officially revoke it on December 20th. Okay. Um, but I think they've sent enough warnings that, like, it's too late. I'm just you curious if they up. owe back taxes for the last 10 years. That's a good question. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know what the deal is in terms of taxes because in the U.S., yeah. churches do not have to be as transparent as other secular nonprofits. Like the ACLU, for right, example, right. has to say, this is how much money we took in. Mm-hmm. This is how we spent it. Mm-hmm. And these are some of these are our, don- like, I don't know if you have to give a list of donors, but you got to say, like, this is where the money, how much money we I can't took imagine in. You'd this be is how we're spending donor. it. Oh, maybe. Churches do not have to say this is how we're spending it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have a different set of rules anyway. Right. So, I don't know what this New Zealand church had to tell, I but wonder, they weren't sending in anything. I wonder if that's an arrestable, def- arrestable def- um, in offense the, in, New, in Zealand? New Zealand. I don't think it is because I didn't see anything suggesting that oh, was okay. going to happen. But as at least for now, yeah, they may have lost their tech. I'm sure they're going to appeal. Sure. Who knows? But good. Like good to see you guys are zillionaires. Like hire a fucking accountant. Like cover your ass the tiniest bit. Yeah. So good, New Zealand. Nicely done. Yeah. Way to be vigilant, kids. Do you want one more foreign story while we're? Yeah, we're just taking a trip. Is it? Is it because it's Thanksgiving week, so nothing happened in the U.S., so everything happened abroad? I got some stuff later. Okay. uh, There's this blog uh, vlogger on YouTube. I've been watching her for years. She's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her name is Sally LePage. She does a lot of science videos. Uh, they're enjoyable to mm-hmm. watch. I like her a lot. So it turns out, uh, Sally just, I don't know what inspired this, but kind of on a whim, she heard maybe that a bunch of like water utilities in the UK were basically their workers were using pseudoscience to dig up water or find leaks <gasps> underground. Like dowling rods? Yeah, dowsing R- rods, dowsing divining rods. rods. And one of the methods that we're talking about here uh-huh. is like literally hold out your arms, hold two sticks in your arms yeah. so they're just parallel to each other and start walking around the backyard. And if you come across water underground, your sticks will magically cross and, the funny and you will just know that's where you got to dig. Well, like it's like an Ouija board. It that's is. Not those how are it works. Yeah. And those are one of those kind of pseudoscience tools that are used for so many different things because they're so simple. I think water is one of the most popular ones. I've, also, I think I've heard it for precious metals. Yeah, like and, gold diggers are using right. something similar. I will also tell you that I myself went on a ghost tour in Galena uh-huh. because you know I love that tourist garbage. And they like very seriously gave me these dowsing rods. Oh We're my like, God. now when the rods cross, it means oh there's God. a ghost. And I was like <laughs> spitting them like a noisemaker because I, <laughs> the worst. Because you knew better. Yeah. So she wrote on Twitter to several of these water companies, basically asking them uh, in some way or another, do your workers use divining rods or dowsing rods uh-huh. to, to find water or leaks or something? Um, and of the 12 companies she twi- tweeted at, like 10 of them s- said, yeah, that's one of the methods in our toolkit. It's not that they were endorsing it, but they weren't um, explicitly saying... No, no, that's garbage. Here's an example of what they said. We're a serious business. We have some techs that have them in the van and use them if they need to, but we prefer other methods. 
It's like the correct answer was, no, of course not. We're not idiots. Of course not. That's garbage. Another company said, as far as I am aware, uh, we don't use it. But there are occasions when we use dowsing rods. Mainly, we use listening sticks that let us hear water underground. What? Another company. Is Hello, that? Sally. I believe sometimes they do. Sometimes our workers do use these things. So, like, 10 like, of the 12 Is it, like, contacted. on their lunch break and they're just, like, checking it out? Or is this, like... I don't know. They have... Do you think they're, like, branded? Like, government branded? good tools at their disposal, and yet they're using these things that have never been shown to work. So, the fact is, like, she asked a simple question right. to all these companies. They didn't think anything of it. They weren't looking at, like, well, who is this person asking us? Oh, she's a science, pro-science, skeptic type. They didn't do that. They were just like, well, of course we use them because I'm sure they think they want, people want them to use it. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, of course we use it sometimes or we don't say no to it. Like these people are wasting money. Whoever's yeah, and using time it, who and are working resources for them. And yeah, you're wasting time, energy, money, whatever, doing the stuff. It's stupid. Right. But they're doing it. And these companies are just like nonchalant about it. And so good for her for exposing that yeah. because, you know what, a lot of uh, UK papers have written about this. Mm-hmm. And good, those companies are being publicly shamed for it. And they should be. Yeah. So, And it wasn't even that hard to do. She just did something no one else was doing. Just and good tweeted at them. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So good on her. And what the hell is wrong with those companies? <laughs> I thought of another thing that I wanted to talk Please. about. Um are we done with our international stories? We are done with the international. Well, I'll go back to international. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I listened to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, which is a podcast with Ross Blotcher and Carrie Poppy. And recently they've been doing a series on flat earthers, mm-hmm. um, which I would highly recommend. It's really entertaining to, to kind of listen to people mm-hmm. talk in circles and like their myriad logical fallacies and and what it always comes down to is just their entire worldview is everybody's lying to me so they're lying to me about this too so whether it's chemtrails whether it's 9-11 everything they're telling me is a lie because money question mark um so and it's picked up steam there's a few people who have like you know in the public spotlight i think bob yeah the rapper the rapper Kyrie irving right basketball player um but it's just sort of been like this chatter. But recently, there is a gentleman named Mike Hughes who told the Associated Press that he is going to launch himself 1,800 feet high in a rocket that he built himself from scratch me- scrap metal. Did you have the story? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, he's a 61-year-old limousine driver, and he's hoping that this will prove the Earth is flat. Which, by the way, he's going not even as high. 1,800 feet is like it's planes even, fly higher than that. Yeah, it's not So even, he's literally going to go up a little bit. Uh-huh. He'll still see from his perspective a mostly flat back, like right. perspective. Right. He's going to assume, yep, did it. I nailed it. By the way, true story. And I just learned this this week, and it's the funniest damn thing I've ever heard. Do you realize flat earthers, when he goes up into the atmosphere... Uh-huh. They can't call it the atmosphere because they don't believe it's spherical. Of so course. So do you know what they call it? Tell me. Guess. Atmosdisk. Atmos flat. <gasps> no, that's the worst. <laughs> they believe you go up into the atmos flat because it's okay. The they just need to like sh- like work that around the table a couple more times to think of anything <laughs> better than atmos flat. I will give... Th- what did I just say? Atmos... Atmos disc. Atmos disc. Atmos, yeah. I will give that to them. That's for free flat earthers. Um, By the way, we just th- got an course, update on But Mike they don't Hughes. believe in space. <laughs> no. Or if, some of them. If he gets high enough, and he's clearly high on something. Uh, uh, if he gets high enough, like... By the way, here's the update on this guy's story. Yeah, he got... He canceled his launch, which was I thought he postponed Saturday. It. He postponed it. For until Wednesday. Oh my God! But this we're paying attention to it. He, uh, now, the upside to this is the Darwin Awards is going to have a very interesting celebration this year. Yeah. But like, dude, everyone who is an expert on this can tell you this is a dumb thing to try. Yes. The odds are, like, look, some random limo driver probably doesn't actually know how to launch himself into space, uh-huh. even a little bit. So I'm not worried that he's going to kill himself. Uh-huh. I think he's probably just going to like it. It's probably one of those fuses where you light the match and then it just peters out. That's what I imagine. <laughs> do you this think guy it's just like a do. Roman candle attached yeah. to his his limousine? 
<laughs> yeah, and then he's like, why isn't, why aren't I flying yeah. or something? Like, I'm not worried about that. It's just, dude, you're you're doing this on purpose, aren't you? Just to get attention. No, I don't know. Like, they seem pretty earnest. And I, man, I find conspiracy theories super interesting. <laughs> and this one is, pr- in particular, you have to bend over so far backwards yeah. to, like, Make to make it make sense. To make it make sense. They and had the Flat Earth Conference in North Carolina I yeah, think last week or mm-hmm. something. And I'm, they haven't released the numbers. I think they only had a handful of people there. But I wonder how many of the people who attended are people like us who are like, I got to check this shit out for myself. I will, there's no way I mean, people are real. I will say this just cribbing off Ross and Carrie's podcast is that they tried to go and it was sold out. So they had to like... Skype into it or whatever. Like they, you could like get in online, but they tried to get in and couldn't. Mm. But it's it was they kind of quoted a few of the speakers and played a few clips, and holy shit! Like just this sort of tap dancing around, fa- or just saying like you know we talk a lot about like Trump just says something declaratively and everybody is like oh yes that's 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 clear clap 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 clap. <laughs> Um, they do a lot of that of like, how come we haven't seen a single HD picture of the earth? Like, clap, 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 like, clap. Oh, he's right. Oh, everybody's nodding, oh like nodding seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like think about how many things have to be lies for you to believe that. And to what, like, yeah, I think and that's. Yeah, for what purpose? What are we trying to hide yeah. by showing that the earth right, is round? Right, because one of my things against conspiracy theories frequently is like people can't keep their mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So that's why like, I don't believe that the moon landing, for example, is faked because there is no way every single person in that room right. can keep their mouth shut for 50 years, right? <laughs> why don't aliens exist? Because you know Trump would have tweeted that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like a selfie of him and like yeah. Glorb. Um, <laughs> But it, and this one takes that like a hundred steps further because it's not just all of NASA, but it's all pilots. It's like and not just like federal, like not just the Air Force. It's like the guy who flies for ATA, which is a defunct. That was I don't know why <laughs> ATA was the one I came just up with. Just random pilot. Just a random yep. pilot who like flies for Southwest. And he's, like, charged with keeping this global secret. I don't know. That doesn't feel like like when we're talking Occam's Razor. And, yeah. And every picture ever taken of the Earth from outer space is, must be a lie. Every satellite doesn't work. Anytime like, we went into space, it w- yeah, like, satellites are just, li- just lies. Because that's the thing. When, when you, you use Google Earth and you zoom in on a place, yeah. like, nope, that's just a program. But that's something. the thing like, is when you get into that mindset, that's why I thought that was so interesting of, like, all they think is everybody's lying to them all the time. So when you get into that mindset of everything's a lie and everyone's a liar, then if there is nothing I can say that you wouldn't just be like, nope, I don't believe that. Like, yeah. oh, okay. By the way, I subscribe to some flat earth stuff because oh, it's honey. too amusing not to. Mm-hmm. They're having a meetup in Chicago. We'll talk about it. I know. Your eyes just lit up. Oh, my them. God. Can we go? We, we could. But I see. Here's the thing. I think it's probably going to be 90% us or people like us. Yeah, I want to hang out with people like us. We're great. One guy who's just a conspiracy. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't. We'll talk about it. It's next week. Oh, that's coming up quickly. Oh, maybe two weeks. Good news, I'm unemployed. (laughs) I've got nothing but time. We can plan it. Um, We'll talk off. Do I have anything going on next week? Nope, I don't. My schedule's open. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I'm so excited. Let me talk about something totally different okay. from this. It's something that's been on my mind for a while now, but it really solidified at the beginning of this month because, okay, in Australia, they were planning this thing called the Global Atheist Conference, which is like many atheist conferences, you know, mm. you might see anywhere. And they had the headliners of Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. They had Salman Rushdie. Wow. Uh, at one point, they had Ayan Hirsi Ali, and I think she had to cancel for unrelated whatever reasons, mm-hmm. but... At one point, they had her. So, I mean, these are some big names, and then they have a bunch of other speakers, too. So, on paper, this looks like, okay, you're going to get a bunch of people here. They did it in 2010, a similar type of conference, okay. and they got, like, 2,500-ish people, okay. which is a huge crowd, yeah. bigger than anything we get in the U.S. Sure. They did it in 2012. They had Christopher Hitchens. I'm sorry, this was right after Christopher Hitchens died. Oh. But they had Dawkins, Harris, Sam Harris. They had Danielle Dennett. They had Hayat Hirsi Ali. 
and they had a bunch of other really? people. They had like every name you could think of. They got like 4,000 people to show up to that, and they got like government funding because they were bringing in so many tourists into Melbourne. So like they Dope. know how to run a conference. They yeah. know how to put on a show. And then after that, I think the thinking was, well, if we ever do this again, we have to top that or like find a way to make it as appealing. Uh-huh. And you know what? I don't think we could do that in 2014, so we'll just, we won't do it. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do it in 2016. And so now they were like, you know what? I think we could do it again for 2018. Mm-hmm. They planned this event. They had the names. And earlier this month, they announced that they had to cancel the conference because they know how to run an event. They know how many tickets have to be sold at certain times, even knowing that most of the tickets will get sold to the very end of mm-hmm. the deadline or whatever. And they realized, you know what? We're not selling what we need to be selling, and the trajectory doesn't look great, so they canceled it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, some conservative websites, Christian ones, had a field day like, oh, guess why atheists can't have their big global conference? It's Because Australia is no, really hard to get to. Because <laughs> there's no interest, basically. Because the economy sucks and nobody can <laughs> afford to fly around the world. Well, okay, so I was thinking about this. So it's like, why is that? Why did it get canceled? Mm-hmm. Okay? Why weren't people buying tickets? Because it's not just the one in Australia. If it was as simple as it's expensive to get to Australia. Right. Okay, fair point. But, like... It was expensive to get to Australia in 2012. Mm-hmm. People went anyway. So it's not that alone. They got, I think what I heard is out of those 4,000-some who went there, um, about half of them were from not Australia. Wow. So, I mean, a lot of people found a way to get there. Sure. They didn't want to get there this time. So I don't think it's purely financial mm-hmm. that prevented people from going there. I don't think it's a ticket price thing. Um, but here's the thing. So I've been watching a bunch of atheist conferences in the U.S., and I've also seen a lot of their numbers dwindle. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example, like uh, Skepticon, which is a free conference in Missouri. I love it. I've spoken there a couple times. Mm-hmm. I've gone there a couple times. Like, really nice people, well-run. Um, it was student-led. Now they're not students anymore. But, like, it's run by people who have been to conferences, know what they like to see in conferences. It's more diverse. They have speakers talking about all sorts of things. That's the sort of thing, like, I like to see. And their numbers, attendance numbers, seem to have been going down, Uh anecdotally speaking, uh, for several years now. I think at one point they had, like, 1,200 show up uh, in Springfield, Missouri, at one point. And I think this year it was, like, 125, something like Mm. that. So it's uh, anecdotal. So it's gone down. It's not just them. So uh, let's take the Reason Rally. Mm -hmm. This is the biggest atheist event in the U.S., Mm -hmm. trying to capitalize on all the atheism interest and so short version of that in 2012 all these national organizations got together and said let's do this Mm -hmm. they got every big name they could think of they also got Tim Minchin uh, Eddie Izzard they got uh, Richard Dawkins was there James Randi was there yeah they got Bill Maher to do something videotaped they got uh, a lot of people you were there okay I was there you're the big draw that's not why anyone (laughs) came they got from every estimate because it's hard to estimate things on the ground, ten to 20,000 people. Uh-huh. Good for them. In 2016... And the weather was garbage. And it was garbage, so yeah. Last year, when they tried to do it again yeah. in 2016, I, they did not release numbers, and we don't have a good estimate, anecdotally, because I was there, not speaking, but I was there. It seemed way smaller. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is happening across the board, and it seems like, in the past couple of years, a lot of these conferences, most of which are independently run by local groups Mm -hmm. are just dropping in numbers. So why is that happening? And I thought about some of the reasons I've heard. Is it money? Well, if it was money, money was still an issue years ago. Yeah, and the economy was, if anything, worse. Yeah, (laughs) The economy wasn't great in whatever, 2008 or Uh 2012 or whatever. It's If anything, it's slightly better for a lot of people Mm -hmm. compared to what it used to be. So it's not that. Um, Some people said all these things are far away, but it was far away back then, too. So, Mm -hmm. like, why did people go then and they're not now? And so I talked to a lot of organizers Mm -hmm. of these events, and I talked to a lot of donors for these events, and I was trying to figure out what it is. And I came, like, with a list of a handful of things of why that's happening. And let me try to bounce these off of you and tell me what you think about these ideas. First is just pure, the novelty has worn off. Yes. Um... At, some, at one point, it's like, if you really want to see Richard Dawkins, and if you read his books, that could be a really exciting thing for you, you could only find him at these conferences. Mm-hmm. And now, honestly, 
I've seen him speak a couple times. That's very exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I've read his books, but I've also seen videos on YouTube. I've heard him speak on YouTube. Like, I've heard him. I kind of know what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. I think you could say that about a lot of atheists. Um, and the idea of being surrounded by atheists, too. For some people, that's why you go to the Reason Rally yeah. or something, because you want to just be surrounded by atheists, especially if you're coming from a rural area or a place where you're surrounded by Christians. Sure. It's a big deal. Now it's not that hard mm-hmm. in a lot of places to find a space where you're just surrounded by non-religious people. Mm-hmm. So you don't need these conferences. And by the way, I should caveat all this. Most people don't attend any of this stuff. They right. don't care. Right. This isn't for them. They think the idea of a conference is too religious in itself. Fine. I'm not talking about you. Yeah. But there are people who are going to this and aren't anymore. So that's one thing. Um, it's just not as big of a deal to go to these things as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think that atheism and and, and skepticism and all that, I think there are trend-like elements just like there is with anything. Because, so for me, and this is, again, like the most anecdotal, when I was like first sort of getting into to Friendly Atheists when I started reading your blog, so this is probably 2010, 2011, um, and I like just started listening to podcasts and was just like eating everything up, like every piece of content I could find. I was like digging into, and I was listening to maybe six podcasts yeah. that were about atheism. And I think all but I think Seth's might be the only one I listened to that's still going on. I think it's just one of those things that like it was there it, was a wave of them. It was. I mean, I think it was a cultural moment that we had that we as a country sort of got, like that, like you said, the way we crested with like, hey, there's a lot of people who don't believe in God. We're here. We're the loud, annoying ones. People don't like us. But like then we just sort of assimilated. And yeah. there's as many people who don't believe in God now. There, there's more now there than are. there ever were. And so it's not as novel and it's not as... I think even the internet has integrated itself into our everyday lives so much more that like you don't feel like alone as much anymore because we heard that a lot from from people uh, who listen who live in the Bible Belt or their families are very strict or whatever who they they uh, it gives them a sense of community because they feel like they are you know in a conversation with people who agree with them um, but it's I think that's more and more less the norm and more about like oh well if you're non-religious you've probably moved to a urban area right now here's another couple reasons that i think also had something to do with it if you look at the conferences that took place eh, let's say five years ago or so a lot of them were here's the type of talks you would hear here's why god doesn't exist here's some counter apologetics Mm -hmm. these are the common arguments for what christians say here's why god exists here's the responses to them Mm -hmm. here's why science is awesome those are general talks Good, interesting, fine. I've now heard them a million times. Yes, I think and, you're a hundred percent right. And I think if you go to a lot of atheist conferences now, uh, you would be hard pressed to say all of these different regional conferences, local ones, have some shared goal. The goal is no longer let me try to convince you God doesn't exist, or mm-hmm. let me try to get you excited about the fact mm-hmm. that you're an atheist, because there's some advocacy issues that come with that. Um, just to go back to Skepticon for a second, because I like them. Uh, their conference is very clearly, we're going to invite a lot of people we find really interesting. Mm-hmm. They're not known as atheists, even if they happen to be atheists. Yeah. And we'll let them talk about whatever they want to talk about. And that ranges from ex-Muslim issues to social justice issues to whatever. How do you handle LGBTQ loss? issues yeah. have kind of gotten Handle the loss in. of a loved one, whatever. Good. That's interesting. There are other ones that focus on different... Uh, there was a Women in Secularism conference there are skeptic that mm-hmm. focus more on paranormal investigation and why that's mm-hmm. pseudoscience, things like that. They reach to a very specific crowd, mm-hmm. a very passionate specific crowd, but a smaller crowd. Mm-hmm. And so they're not uh, trying to appeal to this massive audience of atheists. Well, and I, th- I think you did make a really good point. And just to expand on that, like, how do you bring and this isn't a criticism, but, like, how do you bring something new to the stage? Yeah. Like, literally or figuratively. Like, 
you know, obviously there's new up and coming voices all the time, but like, and I've actually had this sort of like, you know, thought experiment of like, okay, say somebody asked me to speak somewhere, which nobody has and nobody will. <laughs> That's fine, especially because these conferences are becoming less and less popular, uh, less and less frequent, I guess. Yeah. What would I talk about? Like, what what could I stand up on stage for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and say that we all haven't been saying to ourselves yeah. a million times. It's a question I've asked myself too, and it's why if you ask me to talk right now, the talk I've been giving lately is here's what we can learn from churches. Yeah. Which is totally serious. Like, no, they do some stuff right, right. and we can copy them. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's a fair point, which is I, I'm not talking about why God doesn't exist. I feel like I, that's a given. Well, and I think Let's that's also this, there. that's become the stereotype of like, oh, you have an atheist podcast where you just talk about why God doesn't exist. We sit around and don't pray. And I, and I say, yes, that's what we do. <laughs> you know why else God doesn't exist? Rainstorms. Yeah. But hey, part of that is, that's interesting to me because if I attend some conference or something, mm-hmm. I like hearing those different takes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're an atheist, get that out of the way. What are you doing with that? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. But again, you're not appealing to the masses. And when the Reason Rally or something that did try to appeal to the masses, this year, last year anyway, 2016, yeah. it didn't work. No. They didn't bring out the most passionate people by saying we just want to talk about skepticism in general or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason I think they're going, it's tougher to draw people. A lot of the most well-known speakers, the type of people who would draw in the biggest crowds, have become lightning rods. Like, Dawkins gets a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily for unfair reasons. He right. says some stupid stuff on Twitter. Um, but like Christopher Hitchens, if he were alive today, he would get a ton of pushback today mm-hmm. because of stuff he said about, like, you know, women aren't funny, whatever. Like, he said some stupid stuff, too. Um, name Sam Harris gets constant yes. criticism for everything. I mean, tell me one person who has the, the notoriety, the fame... To draw in a bunch of people in your community without without alienating a whole ton of people. I don't know who that would be. I don't either. Because everyone gets like criticism. And so it's like for organizers, that's a tough thing. Like who do you say, here's the main people on our bill, but you're gonna so piss do you think, off a ton of people. Do you think in your opinion, do you think they're a thing of the past or do you think the conferences in general? Yeah, or do you think it's like a wave? <coughs> like an ebb and flow type deal? No, I think they're done. Yeah. I think here's, and I'll give you a caveat in a second. I think for the most part, these large regional conferences are probably done. I think the ones run by national organizations, like the American Humanist Association has a conference every year, Mm -hmm. but it's mostly an advertisement for the AHA and they give awards and it's for their members. That's not going to go away yet. Right. Because those are not for random people, but like the ones that pop up run by a group of people for Mm. your area. Yeah. Those are harder to get people excited about. A couple other quick things. They can be a financial drain. Very few of these regional conferences make any money. Right. Um, So that's really hard to deal with. There is oversaturation to the point where if I want to see some of these speakers and I miss them this time. I'll get you next time. I'll get you, yeah, in six months when you show up like two hours away. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of these conferences. now. It used to be some conference like... Oh, American Atheist is having a conference in your city. Yeah. That's a big deal because no one comes to your city, and now they're doing it here. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, whatever. There's one an hour away. Maybe right. I'll go. Maybe I won't. So anyway, uh, and by the way, there have been also some bad experiences people have had with conferences that I, there's any number of reasons that they've gone bad. Mm-hmm. But I think they sour a lot of people to go into anything in general. Yeah. So anyway bunch of reasons there's fatigue i think here's another one that made a lot of sense to me more in the past year even though the trend has been going on for a while which is just activist fatigue yeah it's like if you want to do the women's march or the science march cool that's awesome good for you um because we're all passionate about these causes but now you're telling me to spend another weekend to talk about why the religious right Mm -hmm. is encroaching on everything like i can't do this all the damn time yeah at the same time here's the upside to the activist fatigue like the women's march and the science march and stuff, it wasn't particularly religious, and they were kind of uh, advocating for some of the goals we've been advocating for, separation of church and state, Uh science education. And you mentioned assimilation. Yeah, a lot of the things we've been advocating for, because it was never, let's just spread atheism. Right. Those things have been adopted by like a broader liberal movement. Yeah, that's actually a good point. So we won. 
Yeah, so like I mean, we're putting it's, ourselves out of business in a way. Yeah, no, no. I think that I I think that's a really really good observation because I feel like five years ago, you know, the things that we wanted are being adopted by liberals. So like, all right, okay, cool. We don't need to do this separately. Yeah. So we'll all go to the Women's March and, like, call that a day. Right. And I know there are pockets of atheists who disagree with some of these causes, but, mm. like, by and large, yeah, yeah, like, our issues are no longer just our issues. Mm-hmm. And that, wasn't that kind of the point? Right. So maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. But anyway, all of this is to say it didn't really surprise me that the Atheist Conference in Australia had oh, to be yeah. canceled. I wouldn't be surprised if other ones canceled. The only couple people I talked to who run really successful conferences regional ones, year mm-hmm. in and year out. Even they said, we're not going to do it every year because people will just get bored. Yeah. We'll do it every couple of years, maybe three years or so, and that way the people who come will be excited Yeah, and we're not wasting money every year. Uh, like, we can put it all... We can do it. We're not going to get tired of running it. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I, if you ask me, I, like, run an atheist conference, what would it look like, you know, to get people interested in there? I'll tell you a couple things. I would have a small group of people I work with who I trust and are committed to because that's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would run big decisions by people. I would schedule it and publicize it like a year in advance. Um, like this is happening. Clear, Clear your schedule, yeah. Yes. Um, I would make sure that, let's say no one buys tickets. I have money in the bank to cover the cost. I would have to eat it. Because some of these yeah. places, they're banking on all this many people buying tickets and then it doesn't happen and then they don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like, no, just Fuck. plan to pay for it all, mm. and hopefully you make it back. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to do that. Or find a donor who's going to do it for you. I think it helps to have a sense of theme, a sense of purpose. Give me something to look forward to mm-hmm. and to take away from it. So I can go back, and someone says, what would you do with that atheist conference? Not pray? Like, And you mm-hmm. can say, no, I packed food for homeless people because oh. that's what I do with my atheism. That's yeah. what it inspires me to do. Or I was, whatever, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do something with it. Um, I probably wouldn't bring in big name speakers. I'd try to find one person who I could get on a budget who might be interesting to a certain set of atheists. And then I'd have local speakers who are doing interesting things, almost like a TED Talk in a way. Uh Give them 15, 20 minutes to talk. That's it, because after that it gets boring for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, Maybe invite people to totally disagree with us. Bring in some religious speakers to kind of counter the things we're saying. Sure. Let's be challenged. That would be interesting. Um, I'd videotape everything and make plans to release it, but probably not immediately. I'd like mm-hmm. slowly release the good talks yeah. over the course of a year. And if I end up doing a conference again, then I'm releasing them closer to the push of that one. Um, and then I'd do it in one day. You're not staying overnight. Go home. Really? Yeah. Because I think that, to a lot of people, was the hardest thing. How do you get people to stay for, like, a weekend? Mm. Like, that's a hard sell. When you have kids, when you... Even sure. if you don't, like, Jesus, three days for this? I mean, okay. I love everything that you said. Yeah. I So, and I feel like we've kind of been, like, dunking on conferences a little bit. Like, I, lo- not, I, I love conferences. I'll give you the... I like them. As someone who has been to so many, I take it for granted, I'm sure. Because... Mm-hmm. If you've never been to one, holy shit, when you're surrounded by people who are atheists and you're hearing speakers tell you stuff in words that you've never been able to articulate, uh-huh. but they're saying stuff that makes so much sense to you. Man, that is life-changing. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, I um, I went to TAM twice. I got engaged at TAM in Vegas in 2014. Yeah. Um, I went to the American Atheist Conference right when we started this podcast in Memphis. I love conferences. And I think the funny thing is when he said, oh, it's a one day thing. I get it. And and again, I'm a person with like limited responsibilities. But to me, like, oh, if it was just a day long thing and you went home at night, I think that would suck. Because to me, like some of my favorite moments and memories from from Tam particular, the uh, American Atheist in, in Memphis as well, is like just hanging out and bullshit. Like one of my favorite conversations I had was with um, Vicky Garrison um, yeah. from No Longer Quivering of like, we're just having a heart. Yeah. yeah. We're just having a heart to heart with her about like her experiences. Like I, to this day, I have friends ar- across the country who like, I have a friend in Boston who I met at that conference who like every time I'm in Boston, like we, every time, that, the times I've been yeah. in Boston, 
No, um, I think that's a fair point. And having been to Tam and like, but yeah, I'm also right. an extraordinarily social person and like thrive in that kind of environment. That's not true for everybody. But I will say, like, <laughs> if you're in Memphis and at a like touristy bar and Dave Silverman is dancing, <laughs> like that's your best life you can be <laughs> living. True story. I don't know if I told you this several years ago. Maybe the first time I went to Tam, uh-huh. uh, Tam Five, maybe it's mm-hmm. a long time ago in Vegas. It was several nights mm-hmm. and like. Uh, I remember meeting one person there, so we were hanging out a bunch. Cool. We had a, like, it was cool hanging out and meeting a friend. Cool. We're online. Cool. One night, it was maybe 2 a.m. or something. We were just, like, having coffee in whatever hotel there. And this person says, oh, a friend of mine's over here. His name is Alan. You should meet him. He's really neat. So I talked to this guy and, like, talked. He seemed amazing. He did YouTube stuff. And I didn't know his stuff at the time. I only began watching his stuff after I met him. Uh-huh. And now he's Captain Disillusion on YouTube. Who oh, makes yeah. The best videos <laughs> ever. Like, they're so good. Yeah. And I'm like, I knew that guy. He totally doesn't remember who I am, I'm sure. But I'm like, I remember just chatting with him yeah. randomly. It's like, look who you meet. So you're right. I get the validity of, yes, just hanging out and talking to people is a big deal. I think the difference between them is Tam is, was run by a national organization Mm -hmm. that really led up to that one event every year. And so they could plan for it. They had professionals working on it. uh, Flaws, no flaws, but like that's what they were working on all year. A lot of these other events are run by like random people who just mean well. Yeah. And that's where they lose money because they got to pay for this hotel and double the cost for the conference rental, the space rental. Um, It's hard when this isn't something that's like your full-time gig. Yeah. That's no, where you're I think right. it gets hard. So I agree. I love conferences. I think they serve a purpose to people who want to be there. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think for a, the, I posted this on my website, and a lot of the pushback that I got of any was that, well, I'm not going to go to Australia. No one was asking you to, but people went yeah. six years ago, and it wasn't an issue, and now they're not. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is happening in the past six years that's the reason for them not going. And it's not money either because, again, people were attending all of these things yeah. more so yeah. before than they are now. So money wasn't the limiting factor back then, so I don't buy the idea that, well, they're just expensive now. No, they were always expensive. And I knew th- and I know they were always cost prohibitive, mm-hmm. except for, like, Skepticon and places that were free. Yes, you found a way to get there. So I, I don't know what it is exactly, but those are some of the reasons I touched on And I think it's something organizers should pay attention to, especially if they're trying to plan these types of events in the future. These limitations are there for everybody. And, like, if the people in Australia who seem so good at making this stuff happen, if they can't get it to work, like, you're going to have a rough go at it. And, like... Do you think there's something that's going to replace conferences? Or or have we hit a point in, like, the... Atheist conferences... Yes, I think you'll see the re- the ones run by the national groups. But I'm you'll sorry. see a handful of small ones. But I think a lot of the stuff that people like me, you get passionate about, uh-huh. I could find it like Netroots Nation or whatever, Comic-Con or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could find your interests in bigger, more professional types of things that you don't necessarily need this stuff. And by the way, some of the speakers that you usually only find at atheist conferences... They speak at random colleges, like not yeah. as part of atheist things, but like, oh, here's a speaker. Yeah, Dawkins talking was about, at Northwestern a couple years ago. Yeah, like just and not brought in just by atheists. I don't think maybe it was. I'm not sure. But like, yeah, they speak everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're not missing out if you don't go to the one thing. So I, don't know. I wish this wasn't true. Yeah, it is a huge like it's a big fat fucking bummer for me because I love like I really do love things like that. I'm like a super like type a outgoing person who like just loves like to me like just being at a bar with a bunch of like-minded people and just like like one of my favorite (laughs) one of the most bizarre moments and one of my favorite moments of my life was um oh i'm gonna russell blackwell is a philosopher from australia yeah um and he was at the second time i went to i think the first or second time i went to um, and we were all hanging out at this bar that like was in the thing in the, in the hotel afterward. And I was just like bullshitting with him. 
and I mentioned that the re- like the moment I realized I was an atheist was when I was in college, and we were reading a poem called <laughs> "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." Oh, John Edwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he was like, did you know that there was somebody who like wrote a sort of like quote unquote rebuttal poem to that? And I was like, no. And so I find myself sitting in this bar in Vegas with him reading poetry to me (laughs) at like midnight. And I was like, what is my life right now? And it was like, I like, like Tam particularly, obviously because I got engaged at Tam, like it was something that was really super meaningful to me. So it really is kind of a bummer. And I think it's one of the reasons that I like half joking but half serious really would love for us to like go do live stuff just because I love that shit. I love hanging around people who yeah. who sort of are cool and chill. And I don't want anyone to think I'm ignoring this but a couple of the other responses I got were uh, they were also really bad at uh, welcoming including people of color, minorities, things like yes. that. And That's again, been a problem with the atheist movement for a minute. That was kind of where I was thinking like you're right. Like, that's very true. But that's always been a problem for us. But it didn't stop people from attending several years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the only reason they're not attending now. And then the other response was just like, and by the way, I think if anything, they've gotten better at being inclusive. Yeah. Uh, at least a lot of these conferences. They've gotten better at bringing in voices that you don't typically hear mm-hmm. in the mainstream media if they ask an atheist to comment on stuff. Sure. Or the, the books or whatever. Um, and the other thing is, like, well, they're really bad at harassment issues, which is in, is fair because uh, those yeah. happen, and obviously the whole society is more vocal about that now. The only thing I would uh, say to that is, um, and I want to make sure I'm saying this, like, carefully, that has always been a problem. It wasn't a new problem. If anything, I've seen more policies enacted mm-hmm. uh, in response to people rightfully complaining about like the lack of action from different groups. Yeah. So I don't know that that's the reason. I, when I talk to a bunch of the organizers, uh-huh. not a single person I talk to at a lot of these big conferences said the reason their attendance declined according to the people they talked to, because they asked, like, how come you're not coming back this year? Mm-hmm. No one said that as the reason they're not coming back. Yeah, and it's but... It's not like they I'm, would. It's not like anyone I'm reticent to think that somebody would be like, oh, yeah, somebody grabbed my ass. So right, like, and I'm, that's why I'm not coming back. Right, and they don't owe anybody an explanation for that. Right. I'm just reporting that no one said that's the reason they felt that's sure. why attendance went down, and I'm just reporting that. But it might be because anecdotally, that like, yeah, that feels anecdotally, like a hard thing I've heard to... a lot of people complaining about that mm-hmm. stuff. I just don't know that that's the reason all of these conferences are declining in numbers. Yeah. So. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem for a lot of groups, and us. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. You uh, us, but you. I just don't want me personally. <laughs> I just want to put that out there just to say, like, I didn't ignore that when mm-hmm. I was talking about this. Um, and I know, like, if I talked on Facebook to people who are not organizers. That's a topic that comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. If I talk to the organizers or the donors, per se, it didn't come up. Well, Make of that handy. what you will. Yeah, so just putting that out there. Okay, you want to talk about something totally different? Yes. Um, this one kind of made me smile. Remember in Virginia, they had that awesome election a couple of weeks ago. A lot of, you know... Uh, Republicans were basically thrown out of their seats in these elections. This is when the trans woman, the trans woman, what's her name? Uh, Danica Rome, Danica. beat Bob Marshall, who is the quote unquote chief homophobe. Wait, is this about when him complaining in the newspaper? Uh huh. Yes, 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 yes. He wrote a letter. This to checks the so Washington many of my boxes. Post. The Washington Post <laughs> uh, wrote a letter about uh, Danica Rome winning yeah. this election, and he wrote a letter in response to their article. And basically what he wanted to say... There's a lot of finger wagging. (laughs) Yeah, like trying to blame her for stupid things. But at one point, I think what he said is, will he, I think, is what he said, will he also cover sex change reversals to treat the growing incidence of, quote, sex change regret? As if this is what health insurance... He uses more scare quotes per capita in his (laughs) letter than anybody should have the legal right to. Yep. So he did that. But we the don't Washington know, but Post. I don't think he ever, I just want to be clear, I don't know if he ever said what they changed from. Because I think he just used her last name, maybe. Oh, will Rome I don't know do if this? He, I don't know if he purposefully misgendered her. He, he or, said Danica. He called her Danica. Oh, okay. 
And so they changed it as they do. It's kind of like a typo for them where they use their honorifics, which yeah. is what they always do. So they changed Danica to Miss Ms. Rome. Yeah. And when he saw his letter in print, he was furious because he does not acknowledge that she is a woman. But he acknowledges her name. I, the thing is, like, when he, because he tweeted about it and, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if he, did he like circle it or did something when he tweeted he, about it, but it was like. On Facebook anyway, he's like, the Washington Post published my letter, but they changed Danica to Miss Rome, which I did not notice when I approved the letter to be printed. Oh, that sounds like a you problem and not an us problem. <laughs> yeah. But it's just. They <laughs> Proofreading, changed, it's important. They changed all instances of her name after the first one to Miss Rome. As I just. They do, let me and t- he just got. Let me enough. tell you why this fills me with glee. Is he's so mad that he's just taking anything out that he can. Like, you know what I mean? Of like, re- like you're, are you actually mad that they changed her first name to her last name? Cause I bet you're not that mad. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? To, I don't know. You it's know just I was impressed by huh. I don't know if impressed is the right word. Cause you're supposed <laughs> to, you're supposed to do it. But like if you go to social media or whatever, he says things like it was an honor serving all of you up until whatever, until he's done. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to serve you until December or January. It's like he, he's not saying I refuse to leave or this was illegitimate. He's just saying, all right, I lost mm-hmm. without using that word. Like, good. Yeah. Enjoy your last contesting. homophobic power days and then you're out. God, is the, has there been a more symbolic election in American history? Man, not off the top of my head. I'm sure there have been. I'm sure. Obama like, winning is probably something. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking there has to be something that happened, like, in the South when the first black person, like, was elected into office that had to be right. a similar that's moment. that's a big one, though. But Go it's such a specific, like, I am anti-LGBTQ. Wait, nope, trans, bye. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh, it's so poetic. Like, you just couldn't have written it better. Oh, it's beautiful. And she's great. That's the other thing. And she's she's great. Like, yeah. all of... Like, Every think of how sour we would be if, like, they elected her <laughs> and were like, oh, God, but her politics are whack. Like, yeah, no. we're very lucky that she is the person. She amazing. at least appears to be, obviously, like, we haven't seen her in office yet, but she Vice seems great. did a documentary on her election uh-huh. that uh, went up, I think, early this week or something. And it, the funny thing is she's everything she's been portrayed as, just focused on yeah. the button with all these topics. But she's just very much like, we're going to win because we care about traffic more than every, everyone else. Yeah. It's, it's very focused, not about transgender. She's like, let them talk about it. We're focused on the issues. Good for her. Um, yeah. I did want to bring up one other story that cracked me the hell up. Um, so we talked last week, Australia, they did their mail-in campaign A lot of international survey. stories this week. It really is. That's what happens when, I don't know, Thanksgiving, where everyone's off complaining about stuff at home, not publicly. <laughs> Uh, so they had their mail-in campaign overwhelmingly in support of marriage equality. Uh-huh. The prime minister said, fine, we're going to push that through by the end of this year, hopefully. And actually, like, he was, like, a big hero for, like, yeah. catching you up to politics 10 years ago. You could have done that without the millions ago. and millions yeah. of dollars spent on the mail survey, whatever. But anyway, there was a politician in Australia this week who was asked about what he thought about the marriage equality and thing. And he was like, I'm really His happy marriage, and chill. Yeah. Uh, Christian fundamentalist. His name is Bob oh. Catter. And his response... Why are they all named Bob? That's very true. It's a, ma- it's a sign. Uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, for a Christian fundamentalist, he's very much like, yeah, okay, this is the way it is now, so I'll deal with it. So good for him. Mm-hmm. But here's what he said. Like, I mean, you know, people are entitled to their sexual proclivities. Let there be a thousand blossoms bloom, as far as I'm concerned. But that I means- ain't spending any time ab- on it, I think, thinking about it. Because in the meantime... Every three months, a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland. What? <laughs> he can't focus what? on marriage equality because Jaws is happening in his backyard every day. That makes as much sense as saying, I know tax reform is happening, but like those Sharknados are all the time. So, like, who knows? Can't focus. He literally said a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile every three months. Every three months. That is four people per year. (laughs) By the way, it's not even true. I'm Because according to the Australian officials, there have been 11 fatal crocodile attacks in Queensland since 1985. So he's not even right about the stupid thing he's trying to deflect from. Oh. 
Oh my god. That Don't, is the greatest d- video and the greatest response to I'm, like, and as far as bigot I'm, statements go. I'm dumbfounded. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Oh, man. Oh, man. Do you have any other stories? Because I feel like that was like no, a beautiful thing. No, we have to end on to, that because yeah. we I was going to mention the Starbucks ever. cup thing, but like, who gives a fuck? It's dumb. <laughs> It's there dumb. Were, it was dumb last year. It's dumb the year before. There's two hands holding hands on a Starbucks They're cup. like adro- ad- androgynous sort of stick figures holding hands. And Therefore, it's like push it, pushing the gauge. Off and, uh, Starbucks whatever. It's fucking dumb. Agenda. You know, it's like four it's people who are It's not a crocodile death. So who cares? You guys, every year, tens of people are <laughs> gored by bulls in their pastures. And we're talking about Starbucks? How could we? <laughs> Pretty sure more people die from like choking on a Starbucks thing than get torn apart by crocodiles. I actually think deer are the most deadly animal in the United States because of what with all the car car accidents. Did you know I had a deer with my Mini Cooper when I lived in Montana? That sounds totally like something you would do. Okay, first of all, how dare you? I'm an excellent. I, Hammond, I lived in Montana. I talk about it all the fucking time. It's when I. Uh, it's when I met Mitt Romney and I worked on a ranch. You know this about me. I was a cowgirl. I'm a decent roper. Um, but I was somebody... The irony is... So I was out uh, trail riding in the fields late as I was wont to do. I was in, I was training a horse. His name was Chance. I miss him very much. Um, and the guy who was in my cart who I gave a ride to was giving me shit about how fast I drove. So on the way back, I was like, I'm going to drive exactly 65 miles an hour. Boom. Hit a fucking... Like four oh, no. by four buck, I it was it was a thing. We were fine though. God Glad bless that okay. Mini Cooper. His name was Tommy. He mm-hmm. lives in a pasture upstate now. Are we talking about the car or the horse? The car. Okay. I don't know what happened in the horse. All right. Is that a weird anecdote? No. All right. Um. <laughs> hey, I got a happy thing for you. I did a five k. No, Day. you did a turkey trot. I did a turkey trot. What was your time? Uh, we will not talk about that. That's Let's fine. Heaven, I'm I proud of you. At least in the top forty seven hundred of those who finished. Congratulations, Hammett. That's... All I know is I had to keep scrolling down on the results pages <laughs> in the PDF to find my name. Uh, did your wife beat you, or did she like hang back with you? No, we tied. Uh, because how she thinks she's gonna beat me by one second? Hell no! Did you train for this? Yeah. Tell me, hey, hey, Hammett, tell yeah. me your training regime <laughs> regimen. Well, I'm drinking wine right now. Uh huh. That's pretty much it. Okay. And I had a stroller in hand. So you're leaning on it. Yeah. Um. And just <laughs> body hurt afterwards. Sure, it's gonna. And and I think the babies beat me because I was pushing the stroller. <laughs> Which really oh, you had both fair. the babies. So did your wife house also have a baby in a stroller? No, I was the one pushing the stroller. There was a double baby stroller? Yeah. Oh, oh. wow. I hate those things. Single Is it wide or is it front? It's too damn big. That's but it, it is. is it too wide or is it like no, it's, stacked? They're like stacked. Which baby gets to sit in the front? The littler one? We just put them on. Let them oh sort God. it out. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, yesterday I spent the night with my folks in Wisconsin and my cousin has a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And, oh, my God, they're the best kids. They're so fun and cool and weird. Kids are weird. Why do they do things and say things? Dude, it's my whole life trying to answer that question. Yeah, but they were <laughs> they really wanted to play with my dog. And my dog was very, very nice. Your dog is large, though. She, yeah, she's a big girl. She's 54 pounds or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, the older one really had wanted to be chased all day. So she kept saying, like, chase me, chase me. And then she would start running, and then Dottie would run after her. But then, like, get just super amped up and start barking. And, like, she was never going to hurt her, but it just scared the crap out of the baby. Also, I am awesome at hide-and-seek. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like my folks, um, they have, like, a like a townhome thing in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and she kept, like... We would play hide and seek, and she would say count to 20, and I would count to 20, and then she would just start counting, but count like this. One, two, three, four, five. And I'm a full-grown human adult, and there's not that many places to hide. So I, <laughs> I was just So you like, walk two feet. No, I was just like shoving myself in closets. Nice. She always found me. Um, yes. my, uh, my happy thing, though, is an anecdote my mom told me last night. 
So my uh, my mom has uh, she has two sisters, had a third who uh, passed away about ten years ago. Um, but her next oldest sister, my aunt Char, has a condo in Clearwater, Florida. Do you know what else is based out of Clearwater, Florida? It is Scientology. Yeah. And apparently, and I just found out about this last night, my mom and my aunt, which is like the most Phyllis and Charlene story that could ever happen, walked into the Scientology Center and were like, hey, can we check things out? And they're like, no. (laughs) They're like, we just want to see what's going on. They're like, well, you can't be here. And then they asked, I swear to God, can we just get a drink at the bar? Which, <laughs> nice. <laughs> which my brother and I were just like staring at each other, like this is the best moment that's ever happened. <laughs> what was the reaction with the Scientologists? They were that? not fans of her. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> my mom's a lot like me, but shorter, but like <laughs> almost as loud. Like we're we're not subtle people. <laughs> you. I like it. Um, so anyway, that's the story of how my mom tried to infiltrate. It's the worst infiltration ever. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're... to play the game. It was literally, I think, just to get this story and just be like, what are you weird guys <laughs> doing? But they just like, just like they own the place. Like my mom, that's like the most Phyllis story because my other favorite story about her is uh, there's Chicago Fire is a TV show that films in Chicago. Yeah. My mom used to work very close to where they used to film all the time. And there's an actor, and I'm going to have to look him up, but he, all I know is he played Steve on Sex and the City, and now he's on Chicago Fire. I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. My mom has no idea who he was, but saw him, put it together that he was famous, crossed some fucking borders on the <laughs> set, and got a picture with him just because she knew... She didn't know who she was. She never watched Sex and the City. She just knew he was famous and needed to get that pic with him. Nice. We're, the Plumkey women are bold and reckless and pretty dumb so <laughs> not you mom you're not dumb i love you she said she listens she might not nice. it could be lies happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving um Hammond. yo where can we find you on twitter uh Hammond meta and <laughs> wait hold on just super quick sidebar have you seen all the tweets about how many people listen to us at like double speed dude what fucking monsters all of you are listen you listen to this podcast at like way too fast i <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't get because in real time it feels. Somebody did. Um, <laughs> somebody placed an order with me on Etsy and said something about how he. <laughs> how he li- I'm so happy I'm telling you this. How he listens to everything at double speed. Which I will say, like my entire life, every adult has always told me, like you talk too fast, and nobody can understand <laughs> shit. And to hear people intentionally speed me up is like That's really hilarious. kind of shaking my whole worldview. But this guy was like, "Here's my order, and here's a note: double speed for life." And I was like, "I feel." attacked oh, by man. your point of view and he said tell him it to talk faster so Sorry. i don't have to speed it up <laughs> i'll work on it i just i didn't know that was like a common thing when i'm coaching my high school students the just, whole thing is you got to go slower yeah you're always fast yeah i was in high school drama and yeah. my my uh director always told me nobody would ever understand me which <laughs> in your face i have dozens of listeners now and they'd listen at twice the speed that's so there you go baffling to me um my etsy shop is uh bitches get stitched done use offer called atheist for a certain percentage off um get your orders in i think i said december 10th is probably the latest i can get them in time for christmas i am like fucking packed in right now i've gotten a ton of orders which has been great a lot of people will like order me like love the podcast and that makes me happy nice. and i again read it to my husband because i need him <laughs> to know that other people like me besides him nice. um patreon.com patreon.com that can be um a christmas present to somebody yes. that would be a very good christmas do present. it for your fundy c- relative oh here's what behalf. i was thinking i don't know what our levels for patreon is but what if at one of the levels i send them a free cross stitch oh right we'll make it happen yeah i think that's a great idea good job like jessica it. Well, should I design, like, an original one for, like, donors only, or should I just yes. let, let them pick a garbage one from my shop? No, donors only. Okay. We'll have a special message. I'm giving money to two idiots for talking on a mic. <laughs> is that is that our message? Is that the cross-stitch <laughs> message? Yeah, like that it. was my, that's my first pitch. We can All right, we, we it'll can be up on the podcast. It. It'll be up on the Patreon page <laughs> when you hear this. All right, guys, I hope have everyone a had a one. happy, safe uh, holiday. And bye. Bye.